Good morning. Glad to see Sister Glennie. Hallelujah. She's been through a, a tremendous trial, but that's the key of it. She's going through it. Amen. And thank God for him being with you and having a faithful daughter to help you and in all the ways. God's good to us. Amen. Glad to see Josh and Anna back from vacation. Glad to see each and every one of you this morning. I, God's a good God. Amen. He's a, he's amazing. If you would open up your Bibles to uh, the uh, the Gospel of John chapter 19. And uh, while you're turning there, I want to say Happy Father's Day to to all the, the dads and soon-to-be dads. <coughs> and uh, so... Uh, uh, we, we, we honor the dads. Dads are so important. Just moms are important, but it takes a, it takes a dad and mom to, to come together and to create what God intended, right? Sometimes God has to make a, a mom out of a dad and a dad into a mom and, and blend something because there are special circumstances. But when God's involved in that, He can make something that's imperfect. He can make it work. Uh, before you uh, go into your scripture, though, I want us to this, I want us to honor God. He is the true pattern of our Father. Amen. Our earthly dads they done the best they could do, but they're like us, imperfect. But He's perfect. And that, let's look at two scriptures: Nahum one seven, uh, just after the Book of Micah. Uh, but Nahum one seven, I love this verse. Talks about your God. As your father, my God is our father. The Lord is good. Don't you love that? He was good. He is good. He's going to always be good. Notice what it says. He's a stronghold in the day of trouble and he knoweth them that trust in him. So your God is good. But Romans 8, 28, Romans 8, 28, not only is your father good, but he does good. Amen. He does good. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. How many love God? Come on, to them who are called according to his purpose. So this morning, it may not look like things are is working out as they should, but when everything is said and done, come on, it's going to work out. God's a good God, and he's going to do some things for you. Some things we won't even really understand till we get to heaven, uh, that something that seems so harmful and so contrary to the goodness of God, it really was for our good. And, uh, you know, Paul said right now, you and I, we know in part, so we prophesy in part. We see in part. We understand in part. So we've got to just trust God. Amen. So let's do that this morning. Let's let's just uh, stand as a group of, of believers, if we can, and let's just worship God as our Father just for a moment of time. Father, in the name of Jesus, whether we stand physically or whether we're standing uh, in the Spirit, in our heart, we got different people in different situations. We just stand before you and we lift our hands and we honor you as not only are you the most high God that is good and that does good, but you're our Father. And so we stand before you and we worship you as our Father on this Father's Day that we uh, have this observance. But we expect to hear from you moment by moment, day by day, because you said that uh, you would love us with an everlasting love. And you said those that you loved with an everlasting love, that you would correct us. 
Well, as a father corrects a child, we stand before you. You have pity on us. You have compassion on us. And we ask that you would correct us in love and that you would grow us up and help us to hear the truth like we've never heard before. We give you permission to do that. Not that you would have to have it, but you're a a, a God that honors and you give us free will. And so we give you permission and we ask in the name of Jesus that you would do that. Touch us right now. In the name of Jesus, we all say, Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Thank you so much. So in uh, John chapter 19, uh, for sake of time, we're going to start reading uh, in, in verse 33, John nineteen thirty-three. But what's on my heart this morning on this Father's Day 2022 is the Spirit of God wants to talk to us about truth with love. Truth with love. And um, we're in some very unsettling times uh, in, in our nation. We're in uncharted waters. Uh, they, they just done a recent poll. And in this recent poll, it said that three out of five Americans no longer believe in absolute truth. Three out of five in the United States of America, 330 plus million people. Uh, of course, they took a, a, a poll that was uh, in, in small sections across the nation. And, and this is what the, the, uh, of, the, of, the, of the study that they got. This is what they come up with. Three out of five. Now, as I heard that, I, I was shocked by that reality because absolute truth is, is something that you and I have to believe in or we cannot have any future. We can't. There are some things that's just true, absolute truth, and there's other. See, there's a, you and I, we know that there is a, uh, uh, absolute truth, which is an objective truth, which means it's provable. It cannot, you can't change it. But then there's a subjective truth. That subjective truth is according to your opinion, my opinion, is according to our experiences. And so those things are going to always be changing. But absolute truth, objective truth cannot change. Amen. But they said that in that same poll that four out of five millennials did not believe in absolute truth. I thought, okay, we went from three out of five to four out of five, but then they went one step further. One out of two Christians no longer believes in absolute truth. You can't be a Christian if you don't believe in absolute truth. So we've got a problem. We've got to get back to preaching the gospel. We've got to get back to the word of God. And we've got to get out of this stuff about offending people. I'm sorry. Uh, we've got to tell the truth. The reason why we're in this mess that we're in is because we, we've walked around and said, oh, I'm going to pat you on the back. No, I need to be shaken. This patting on the back isn't going to get anything done. We've got to come back to, to some severe uh, understanding of there's a judgment of God that comes after the grace of God. We're in the time of grace, but there's going to be a judgment. Amen. And so it's your role. It's my role to stand up and say what's true. But we have to speak the truth in love. Ephesians 4 said when the truth is spoken in love, it'll cause people to grow up under the head up to Jesus. We need to get out of this denominational thinking. God's building a church with one new man. Has nothing to do with denominations. It has everything to do with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? All right, now that we've made everybody mad. John 19.33. We're going to use this for a text. Then Pilate entered again into the, uh, entered into the judgment hall again. 
and called Jesus and said unto him, Art thou the king of the Jews? Verse 34. Jesus answered, Sayest thou this thing of thyself, or did others tell it thee of me? Verse 35. Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Thy own nation and the chief priest have delivered thee unto me. What hast thou done? Verse 36. Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered unto the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from thence, not from hence. Verse 37. Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness, notice this, mark this down in your mind's eye, uh, mark it in your Bible out, highlight it in your Bible, that I should bear witness unto a truth, uh-uh, the truth, the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. Pilate saith unto him, what is truth. That's where we're at today in America. What is truth? And when he had said this, he went again unto the Jews and saith unto them all, I find in him no fault at all. I find in him no fault at all. Sister Victoria, would you pray? Yes. 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 Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Sister Victoria. Thank you once again on this Father's Day for being here. I want you to leave here encouraged. I want you to, I don't want you to leave here aggravated. I want you to leave here just, uh, stepping higher than you ever thought you could step, uh, in the Spirit of God. Amen. By the Word of God. So this morning we're going to look at some things and we're just going to get back to what the Bible says. Uh, right now there is a great spirit of deception that is working, uh, across this nation like I've never seen before. And, and and the reason why we're in this situation is because you and I, as a nation, we've allowed uh, leaders uh, to cause us to compromise little by little. And it's, and you know, the Bible tells us it's, 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 it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's these little compromises. So, uh, the, in my early Christian life at Salvation, uh, when I first got saved there in the early nineties, we saw, uh, a president and most, and most Christians loved him. Uh, but we saw a president of compromise and we saw what he done and he initiated a lot of things. Not that others hadn't done the very same thing, but the things that he done is why we're at where we're at right now. He, he paved the way for whether you liked him or not, Barack Obama and all of those things that he, he done in his, his eight year tenure. And so here we are now. And we keep putting in the same people who have the same ideology and we want something different. Well, that's the definition of what? Of an insane person. If you keep doing the same thing, expecting different results. Well, we're going to have to repent as a nation. 
We've got to repent. If we're going to fulfill what God's called us to do, we've got to come back and we've got to say, listen, sin is sin. It's an absolute truth. The Bible tells us what is sin. There's no question marks. There's no, well, I don't know about this. This is kind of questionable. No, the word of God is very clear. And you and I, we are called to live a holy life. Jesus said, be you therefore Perfect as I'm perfect because, yes, Brother David, because I'm a holy God. You can walk in that holiness. Amen. You and I are to live in that place of holiness. And so this morning we need to come back and we need to see just as Pilate looked at Jesus. Now, I want you to imagine this. Pilate here, being a, a, a Gentile, being a Roman, he was in the middle of where God's word was in the in the Jewish nation. And so he saw a lot of different things. And so when he, uh, uh, in the natural, he was able to look at people because he had to make uh, judgments that were right. Come on, even in the natural, you and I, we can make judgments that are right because God has gave us just the ability to do that. And so here he is, he has to make these judgments. And so he has years of experience. And when he looks at Jesus, he knows there's no fault in him. He knows that there's nothing wrong there. But yet we've got a whole group of people who are yelling, crucify him, crucify him, because they don't want to know the truth. They don't want to have to deal with light because the Bible says they love darkness better than they love light. And so they're clinging to that. And so this morning, you and I, and we need to see that as, as Pilate looked at Jesus, he found no fault. And when Jesus told him, he said, listen, he said, those who are of my kingdom, they can hear the truth. And so Pilate simply looks and says, what is the truth? What is the truth? Because I, I, I see uh, the, the nation that you have come from because Jesus was Jewish. OK, he was of Judah. He said, I, I see where you come from. I don't see no truth there. I, I, I see a lot of religion. Come on. We've got to get religion out of this. It's not about religion. It's about Christianity. It's about the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we've got to come back to Jesus this morning on this Father's Day. Because listen, dads, you are under attack. Moms, you are under attack. The family is an obstacle to what the devil has in store for the United States of America, what the devil has in store for the whole world. The, the, the family unit has got to be dissolved where he can do what he wants to do. What does he want to do? He wants to get you and I in love, in debt, in promise, in idolatry to a one world government. That's what he's working towards. We know what the Bible says. And he's working in that avenue, in that vein right now. And the only way he can do that is if we lose our confidence in Jesus, if we lose our understanding that we are the body of Christ and Christ has a plan in and for us. And so we've got to come back. And when somebody says, what is the truth? We've got to tell them. So let's lay some foundations. I wrote these three things down. I want you to take them home with you. Truth is changeless. Truth is changeless. Truth is calling. And truth challenges. Truth is is changeless. Let's look at that. We're in the 18th chapter. Go with me to the 14th chapter. John chapter 14. Notice what Jesus says. You know this verse. We can all quote it. But it's not what we quote. It's what we live. Jesus says, I am what? The way. The truth. The life. And no man cometh unto the Father but. So Jesus is, he's the only avenue. He, Jesus is the open door. He is that avenue. But I want you to notice, he didn't say, I am a truth. He said, I am 
The truth. So that means he is absolute and there is no more other truth other than Jesus Christ. Amen. And so this morning, you and I, we've got to settle uh, in our hearts that everything that we do, everything that we say, our goals, our desires, our plans, uh, the very uh, future of our destiny has got to come out of this Bible by the Holy Spirit, not by man. See, if I take the word of God without the spirit of God, I'm going to start another church. I'm going to start another denomination because I'm going to take the word of God and I'm going to uh, twist it and, and, and put it away that uh, that I like things and the way, do things that I want to do. No, Jesus is the Lord. He's the head of the church. He has the first say. He has the final say. We don't need another denomination. We need Jesus to lead us and guide us. So he said, I am that truth. And so he wants to take us in every area of our life this morning to the father. Come on, the Father, the Father that loves you with an everlasting love, the Father that has plans for you to to prosper, the plans that cause you to have an expected end. That's where Jesus wants to lead you and I this morning. We have no other place to go. That's the best and the only place, amen? And and so let's settle some things in our life. Now, we know the Scriptures, but faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. If Jesus is the truth, then I can't let what man is saying to me change me. Right? Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ, Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Alright? So, Jesus is the truth. Alright? John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. Jesus is the Word. Alright? So, Jesus never changes. So, the Word of God Never changes. So if Jesus is the truth, and he is, then I, I, I don't need to be listening to somebody say, well, uh, things has changed since Bible days. Says who? Who's talking? We, we got to be careful who we give audience to. You, the Bible says that you and I are to guard our heart with all diligence, right? Book of Proverbs chapter 4. For out of your heart, out of my heart, are the issues of life. That word issues is better translated boundaries. In other words, uh, I, if I guard my heart and I keep the word of God in it, the boundary is all the word of God. The promises of God. But if I let the devil get in there with twisted words and deceptive words, I'll end up like Adam and Eve and I'll come out of the garden. I'll come out of the place of God's blessing, the place of God's promises. I don't want that, do you? All right. Psalms 119 verse 89. Psalms 119 verse 89. It tells you and I that the the word of God is forever settled. Let me turn there. I can't quote it. And so if Jesus is the truth and he is, then you and I, we can be in that place, in that position uh, where we have this great promise. He's, now, this is the start of the uh, of the uh, uh, of the Lamad or, or the teaching, the, the, the direction that points you to the to the, the very throne of God. Verse 89 forever. How, how often forever? Oh, Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Now notice what it says. Thy faithfulness, verse 90, is unto all generations. Thou has established the earth and it abideth. So just as assured this morning that you and I that we're standing on the foundation uh, of, of this earth age, you have an assurance that we're standing here because God spoke forth and he created this. And so his word is settled in heaven. And when he spoke his word here on earth, this earth 
come into existence. Light come into existence. Creation come into existence. You and I, though, he didn't speak us into existence. He shaped us. He formed us. He breathed his spirit into you. Amen. So you're more than just a creation. You are a, a, a divine representation of God the Father. Amen. That's who you are. And you're here on this earth to what? To walk in the truth. So God's truth is un changing. It cannot be changed. It's forever settled. So the only question in my life, in your life this morning, is uh, what do I need to come back to? What do I need to hear that, that I can make sure that I'm not being moved? Come on. The, 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 the Bible says that you and I, uh, we, we've got a what? We've got to neither give spot, place to the devil, but we've got to stand When you've done all else, just stand in the promises of God. Stand on that rock. Stand on Jesus. And when you and I do that, when the world changes all around you, you're going to be there. Think about all the fads that's happened just in mind in your lifetime. How many times have you heard, don't eat eggs? No, eat eggs. No, don't eat eggs. Eat butter. No, don't eat butter. No, drink milk. No, you better not drink milk. They don't know. They have an agenda. Their agenda is they want your money. They want you to eat like they tell you to eat. They want you to drink like they tell you to drink. They want you to live like they tell you to live where you will pay them. No, let's come back to the Bible. Let's just let God be our God. Amen. Let's let the Lord be the Lord of our life. Let let him tell us. He created your body. There's no confusion with him. He's not wondering, well, I wonder if they should. No, he knows. Amen. So unchanging truth. And, And so what is right? is right. I don't care if 99 people to your left and 99 people to your right are doing something different than this Bible says. Just because the majority is going against it doesn't mean it's right. You are the minority in the world, but you're the majority with Jesus. Amen? That's the truth. And so we've got to stand in there. Now, let's look, go on. Let's look at how truth is calling. Go with me to, to Proverbs chapter 1. And... Uh, In Proverbs chapter 1, it says in verse 20, starting, and we don't have time to cover it, but you need to cover the the last 13 verses of this in your home study time to get a full thought of what's being said. But uh, in the limited amount of time, this is not teaching, this is preaching. If you want teaching, come on Wednesday night. Wednesday night, we go verse by verse, and we get to take our time. But in preaching, all we got to do is just pick here and pick there and pick there and ask God to bless it and put it together. Amen. But this morning, I want you to notice verse 20. Wisdom. Now, who's wisdom? Wisdom is Jesus. Wisdom crieth without. I love this because everybody says, well, I, I can't hear God. I, you know, the world said, God, there's many gods and there's many voices and there's so much action. I don't know what to hear and what not to hear. No, wisdom crieth. What does it say? Without. This word crieth without means to shout for joy on the outside of the walls. Come on now. The, the, the wisdom of God. Jesus Christ is not held in this building. He's not held in this building. Come on. He is wanting to come out of your life and my life. And he comes out by the Holy Spirit. He comes out by creation. We don't have time to look at it, but look at Romans chapter one. The Bible says that you and I have no excuse. 
We have no excuse. The creation of God is revealing his goodness, his greatness. The infinite wisdom of God is being revealed in his creation. And Paul goes into great detail. And so you and I, we've got to come back and we've got to say, now, wait a minute. He made me a promise here that wisdom, that truth was going to be calling. He said, wisdom crieth without. She uttereth her voice in the streets. Now notice this. She crieth in the chief place of the concourse, in the openings of the gates, in the city she uttereth her words. So she crieth out. Now from the Hebrew, what this is saying is that this wisdom, this truth of God, that it cries out and it says it calls by name. The Holy Ghost is revealing Jesus the truth to every person. He's calling you by name. Now, don't take my word for it. You can open up a Strong's Concordance. You can open up your Bible app. You need to study that for yourself. You need to get it in your heart. He said that wisdom, she crieth, truth crieth in chief places. Will you let the Holy Ghost call you by name? Will you let him talk to you? He's wanting, he's wanting to say some things to you. He's wanting to, to, to call into your life where there's some confusion, where there's some misunderstanding, where there's some hurt, where there's some attitude issues, whatever it might be. He's wanting to knock on your heart's door and call a word into your life. He wants to change us. Amen. We need to look let, 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 Romans one nineteen. We need to, uh, you need to study Romans one, but we don't have time. But look at Romans one nineteen. It says, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, God's creation, for God hath showed it unto them. Now look at verse 20. For the invisible things of him, of God, from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so they are without excuse. The world is without excuse. Come on. And so this morning, that means if the world that's lost and undone has no excuse, how much more can you and I, being children of the Most High God, being led by the Spirit of God, know the truth? The truth is calling you this morning. Right now, I believe by the anointing of the Holy Ghost, there's going to be some lies fall out of your life and my life. There's going to be some clouds that are going to be parting by the power of the Spirit of God. There's going to be some truth that is going to come in our lives and we're going to walk in a new level that we never walked before. Don't you believe that this morning? Come on, it's ours. Father's Day 2022 is a day that dads and that families, they get back in the place and the position that God called them to be. Amen? Come on, you and I, we are we're fathers and mothers, not just our own blood. What did Paul tell Timothy? This is my son in the faith. Come on, you, you and I, we, we need to be dads and moms. We need to realize that we're part of the family of God and God's calling us to do some things. All right, go with me to John chapter 7. Look out of the mouth of Jesus. We've been all over John, but go back to John chapter 7 and, and we'll just hit a couple of verses to, to show you what Jesus says. Notice, uh, he says in uh, verse 25, then some of the uh, some of them of Jerusalem is not this he whom they seek to kill verse 26 below he speaketh boldly and they say nothing unto him do the rulers know indeed that this is the very Christ no they don't our rulers don't know that Jesus is the Christ they don't they're blinded that's why Paul commanded us in 1 Timothy chapter 2 for you and I to 
Pray for them. Come on, that it may be well with us. Right now, we need to be praying like we've never prayed before. I mean, we're just one step away where a, a mistake can be made and we could have a nuclear event that would that we might not ever recover from. We're, now, the devil is working overtime. He wants to get us out of step and out of time of, uh, of the will and the plan of God. And so well, they don't know who Christ is. That's your job and my job. Amen? To reveal it. Now notice what happens. Verse 27. Howbeit we know this man, whence he is, but when Christ cometh, no man knoweth whence he is. Come on, under this, under, without grace, without, before the Spirit. Then cried Jesus in the temple as he taught, saying, you both know me. Come on, he's given the truth. He's correcting them in love. You know whence I am, and I am not come of myself. But he that sent me, God the Father that sent me, is true, whom you know not. But I know him, for I am from him, and he has sent me. In other words, Jesus said, I'm the way back to the Father. The the God of truth has sent me to you. So truth is calling because Jesus is calling. By the Spirit, he's knocking on our heart's door. He, he has some things for us. We have no reason to be afraid. We have no reason to think that, that God is not going to speak into our life what we need to be what he's called us to be, to, to be those overcomers, to be those triumphant group of people. Come on, the gates of hell is going to come against you, but Jesus promised it will not prevail, right? Amen. You have that prevailing spirit. All right, go with me to Mark chapter 10. We've looked at truth. Uh, uh, you know, it, it, it's changeless. It's calling. But I want you to look how it challenges us. Are you ready to be challenged this morning? Mark chapter 10. Let's start reading. We have to read this to get the full thought. Start in verse 17. Mark 10 and 17. If you're there, say amen. And when he was gone forth into the, into the way, talking about Jesus, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Verse 18. And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. Remember, Jesus is still in the flesh. That's why he said that. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Defraud not. Honor thy father and mother. Verse 20. And he answered. In other words, this rich young ruler, he answered and said, Master, all of these have I observed from my youth. See, if we're not careful, this is where we're at in the world right now. Well, they're trying to, to put this new age movement in people. They're trying to put this, uh, God in self movement where that, that there's, uh, there's good in everybody. Well, there's good in us if God's in us because God is, the Lord is good, right? And so you and I've got to recognize and realize that if we have not accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we're still in the flesh and we're still in that place like Jesus said that there's only one good and we have to have him. Amen. And so uh, we've got to see here that this, this rich young ruler, he was in a place where he was doing certain things. You know, I, I've got uh, certain family members. They think because uh, they, they uh, give to the poor and they, they feed the hungry and they, they clothe people, they think they're going to heaven. They've never accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, but they're in a place where they think their works is going to take them to heaven. That's a lie. 
The work of the cross, the work of Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. When you believe in that, when you accept that, when I believe in that and accept that, I'm going to heaven no matter what, because he's going to take me. Amen. The grace of God. But so here, 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 this rich young ruler under this dispensation, he thought he was okay. And, and he thought Jesus would just grab him and pull him in, pat him on the back. Oh, I'm so proud of you. Come on. We need an awakening. God's not proud of America. Come on now, we've got to wake up to some things. That God loves His church, He loves His people. But what the rulers are doing, God is mad at. Now you can say, oh no, God doesn't get mad. Yes, He does. He said that they're poking in His eye, that they're blowing smoke in His face. And so you and I as the church, we need to stand up. We need to uh, proclaim the truth, but we need to pray like we never pr- prayed before. Look what Jesus says to him. He doesn't pull him into him and hug him. He said, then Jesus beholding him. Now, from the Greek, this means that Jesus looks at him and he, by the spirit of God, discerns his heart. The Holy Ghost reveals to Jesus the truth about this man's heart. See, the Bible tells me, and and we'll talk about it in a, in a future time, but Jeremiah 17, 15, uh, or Jer- Jeremiah 17, starting really in verse 5 and going down through there, it tells us that as you and I look at our own heart, we can't even know it. The Bible says that our heart, I'm talking about before salvation, the heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? Only God can. And so Jesus looks and by the spirit of God, he reads this man's heart. Uh, then Jesus beholding him, notice this, he loved him. He loved him. See, everybody wants to talk about love. Oh, if you love somebody, you won't offend them. If you love somebody, you won't make them feel uncomfortable. That's a lie from the pit of hell. That's a work of the devil himself. Jesus looked at the man he discerned by the Spirit of God and he loved him. And love is not a feeling. Love is an action. And so he looks at him and he says, I've got to do something. He's doing all of these things that that's good, but he needs some further instruction. He needs to grow up to the head. He needs he needs some truth spoken to him. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him and said unto him, "One thing thou lackest." Come on, you and I, we can have all of our ducks in a row, but if we don't have Jesus, what the truth? What's the truth that every one of us have to have? That Jesus must be the Lord of our life. We have to be born again, born above, from above is what uh, Jesus told Nicodemus in John chapter three. We've got to be born not by this world, but by the spirit of the living God. And, and, and so he looked at him. He said, one thing you lack. See, a lot of times if we're not careful, we get kind of self-sufficient, a little little prideful. Go, well, now, wait a minute. I, I'm doing all of these things. Everything's OK. Who's the Lord and who's not? Who really knows the truth and who doesn't? See, I don't know the truth without Jesus. And so I need him to tell me. I'm here to tell you, I love Jesus with all of my heart. I love him. But guess what? This guy's got some problems. Come on. I'm a new creation in my spirit, but I'm still trying to get my soul renewed to the perfect will of God. I'm still trying to to bring my flesh under subjection in some areas and some ways where it doesn't hinder me, it doesn't hurt me. Come on, sometimes I'm in an awful mood. 
Sometimes I, I'm faithless. Sometimes I, I, I'm just, just, just all of these things. Come on. I, I, I need some work, but I've got a savior. Amen. That's working on me by the spirit of God. That's helping me. So when Jesus shows us one thing that we lack, we don't question it. We run into him because he loves us enough to tell us the truth. Amen. I want to know the truth. I want to know the one thing that I like. And you and I are going to always be in that place of getting closer and closer. Yes, we're a new creation, but we are that work in progress. Then Jesus beholding him, loved him, and said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way and sell whatever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and take up thy cross and follow me. And he was sad at that very saying, or at that saying, and he went away grieved, for he had great possessions. Now, this doesn't apply to everybody. This is a teaching to the rich young ruler. So you've got to hear the one thing that you lack in your life. I've got to hear the one thing that I lack in my life. In this rich young ruler, these possessions were the Lord of his life. His confidence was in these possessions. His confidence was in uh, the stature and, and, and the, uh, uh, the the the. Uh, pristine uh, image that he got from what he owned. And so Jesus brought a revelation to him. See, that's what the truth will do. The truth will show you the one thing that is hindering you. Show me the one thing that's hindering me at that moment in my life. Come on, that moment. Just that moment. Because God doesn't deal with everything at once because it would overwhelm us. He deals with us one thing at a time. But at that moment, he shows me that one thing. And if I will hear that word, if I let that word challenge me, It'll take me where he wants me to go. Come on, I want to go where Jesus is going, don't you? Well, there's only one place that Jesus is going. <laughs> He's going in the perfect will of the Father, and that's available to you and I, amen? So, will we sell out? The question is, will we, will we sell out to everything that the Lord has for us? Yes, we will, because that's our heart's desire. That's my heart's desire, isn't it yours? All right, so let's look at three lies in closing. That we're, that we need to deal with very carefully, and 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 these, and I wanted to look at five, but we didn't have time. But these three is going to make people mad enough. <laughs> That's just the way it is. So go with me to Genesis chapter five, and uh, if you love people, you'll tell them the truth. Remember, that's what Jesus did, right? Yeah. Come on, he looked at him, he loved him, and he told him the truth. Now, I never saw such a spirit of confusion that is happening right now. And our our government is allowing it to get worse and worse. We've opened up Pandora's box and we've opened up something that unless the, this by the grace of God, it can never be closed. And uh, so Genesis chapter five, verse one. This is the generation uh, of Adam. In the day that God created man, in the likeness of God, made he him. Verse 2. Male and female created he them, and he blessed them, and he called their name Adam, in the day they were created. What's the creation? Male and female. God created male and female. But yet we've got people who are saying, you can put on your driver's license whatever you want to. You're going to be held accountable for allowing people who uh, need instruction, who need love, who need their, who, who, who need to be introduced to the truth, to Jesus. You're going to be held accountable for letting them be able to go by the wayside because that's what our government's doing. 
Our government's saying, you make the decision. No, you don't. You don't make a decision. I don't make the decision. God created you and he looked and he said, it is good. Now, what we've got to do is come back and pray for individuals and let the love of God come into their life and, and let the Spirit of God touch them because they're hurting. They're hurting. We're not here to ridicule them. We're not here to judge them. We're not here to tell them how wrong they are. We're here just to show them the truth and give them an option to come out of deception and to come into the love of God. See, can you imagine how miserable... I know in my own life, the Bible tells me that the way of a transgressor is hard. And so the things I I transgress the the word of God in, uh, my life is a mess. But can you imagine if some spirit, and I've had my own situations, uh, but I'm talking about in this this morning, if some spirit attached itself to you and you didn't know who you really were. This is real. This is not their fault. This is the spirit's fault. We're not upset with the person we're upset with the devil amen and and so we need to love the person and we need to pray for the person and we need to be in the place in the position where we uh get we get real with them and they see that uh we have a love for them that wants to present them with the truth come on this is needful Right now, they're teaching our kids, kindergarten kids, that confusing them to whether they're a man or a woman, to to to, to what's right and what's wrong. Come on, you and I, we're sending our kids to these places. Now, we're not talking about anybody. We're just talking about what the Bible says. Jesus said He was the truth. So God said, I created. Male and female. That's it. So uh, we've got to be in the place and the position where we stand up in love. Come on. There's been too much bigotry. There's been too much hatred. Jesus will take care of all of that if we'll just present the truth. Okay. So we need to we, go with me to... Uh, the New Testament. Let's go to Matthew chapter 7. Let's read verse 14. And let's look at, at what salvation, what uh, some people call it religion. You and I call it salvation. What Jesus said about it. And uh, so, so, so the first big lie is about gender. But the second big lie is about salvation, that there's many ways to God. And uh, we have a lot of celebrities right now who are pushing that. We've been studying that on Wednesday nights. Some we we looked at how some of the most blessed financially and most uh, influential people right now are producing uh, videos. They're giving testimonies. They're 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 making the possibility that there's many ways to God, and that's not true. There's, Jesus said, "The truth is, I'm the only way." To the Father. But look what it says in Matthew 7 14. Red letter out of the mouth of Jesus. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. Look at his reality. And few there be that find it. Jesus is the gate, he's the door. And he said there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be right there at the door. Because why? Because Jesus is going to and fro in the earth. 
by his spirit in his church trying to get people. But he said there are going to be few that would find it. And so we've got to come back and we've got to say, listen, I, 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 I respect your right to choose. Come on, everybody can choose their gender if they want to. That that's their. They can choose their their religion if they want to. We have that freedom right now. But guess what? That they're, they're trying to get everybody to accept that, and then when everybody accepts it, they're going to take it away. Because the devil brings bondage. He, he he wants you just to believe one way and, and people don't see that. But anyway, uh, so you, there, there's so many different religions and they, and they say they all lead to God, but they don't. Right here, Jesus said, he said that there was one way that leads unto life. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the, and I'm the life. Come on. It, there's only one way. And so we've got to preach Jesus. Paul said, if I preach anything other than Jesus... Come on, Jesus is the answer to every question. It doesn't matter what it is. Now look at Acts 4.12. Acts 4.12, there's no other name. There's no other name by which you and I can be saved. That's why they let them talk about God. That's why we have different... We, we had a Christian pastor praying in our United States Congress to all the gods of the universe. Is he Christian? That's right. Acts 4.12. Neither is there salvation in any other. Under he- in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Now notice that. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Now jump back up to verse 10. Let's get the name. Be it known unto you all and to all people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doeth this man stand here before you whole. In other words, the lame man that was raised up uh, in, in that name of Jesus. That's the only name there is. So the name for, for, for religion, if you want to use that, I hate that term because you and I, we have a relationship. We don't have religion, right? The, the name for salvation is the name of Jesus. So Muhammad is still dead in the grave. Buddha is still sitting on a shelf somewhere. Come on. But Jesus Christ is alive in here. How do I know it? Because I feel him. He talks to me. He holds me. And when you got somebody like Joey Behar who says that's a, a sign of a person who has a multi-personality disorder because they claim to hear from God. Well, I will tell her that I hear from God, that you hear from God because we're led by the Holy Ghost. We're led by the Spirit. He's talking to us and she needs to be quiet in the name of Jesus. That's a lying spirit that's working. And that platform, I command it to fall in the name of Jesus. Let it be lost because it's leading thousands and thousands of people astray in Jesus' name. Amen? Hallelujah. So, gender. that We need to make sure that we preach and teach the truth. Uh, religion, salvation. We need to preach and teach the truth. But you and I, just life. Education. Our education system has got to come back to Jesus. Second Timothy chapter 3. You know the verses. Last two verses. So powerful. We can't live by anything else. Second Timothy chapter 3 verse 16. It says all scripture. How much? 
All scripture. That's this Bible. That That's from the front to the back. All is all. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. In other words, God breathed out his word. See, you and I, we have this Bible because God breathed on at least 40 different people. And as he breathed on them, the word come in them. And then the Holy Ghost moved on them and they penned the word of God. He done that over a period of 1600 years. We have 66 books. Come on. Uh, We have 31,101 verses. 31,101 verses in this for that is written to you and I. Amen. It's the Bible. It's the word of God. And it's written to us. All scripture is God breathed. So why would I want to waste my time picking up something that's dead on a page when this is alive on a page? All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. Come on, it'll cause you to prosper. Uh, and it gives you doctrine. It gives you reproof. It gives you correction. It gives you instruction in righteousness. I can know what's right. I can know what's wrong. It's my guidebook. It's my, it, it, see, you know, I, I heard, I've heard my, uh, grandma on my, uh, dad's side talk about that when she went to, they had a schoolhouse at, at Scottsville. And, uh, when she'd go to the schoolhouse there, that they would open up and they would teach out of the Bible. That, that's what they, that was their reading book, was the Bible. Now, all of a sudden, down through the years, this has become a dirty book. And in our in our kids' libraries is is the books of Fifty Shades of Grey and uh, <clears throat> some other stuff that's even worse than that. It's not even worth mentioning that can be checked out and can be read. But this here is considered a hate book in many states. This is considered no. This is a love book because see that Jesus beheld him and loved him and told him the truth. God will tell us the truth. So all scripture is God breathed. So this morning, I want you to think about it. The spirit of God breathed your spirit into you. And then when you got born again, remember Jesus come to the, to the upper room and that was a type of that. He breathed his spirit back in to them in the upper room in John 20. He breathed that in. Well, when you got born again, God breathed his spirit afresh and new in you. Amen. And, and, and so you are a spirit being. And so you can understand the Bible. When the devil says, oh, you can't understand that. Leave that to somebody else. No. Leave that to you and the Holy Ghost. You can understand it because he's going to reveal it to you. He has something to say to you. God wants to talk to you this morning. Amen. Notice what he says. Verse 17. That the man of God. And once again. The, the King James, come on. This is, if you look in every, most of the places where they talk about man, it, it, the, the word is a Greek word that means a child is produced, okay? Women, you're not left out. It's just, it's just the way that the, the times was when they translated. But, and I don't know about this one, I haven't looked this one up, but that the person of God may be what? Perfect. From the Greek, this word means not just complete, but that you may be fresh. That means moment by moment, you're being made complete, but in a fresh revelation, in a fresh anointing, in in a fresh uh, hug, in a fresh breath of the Holy Spirit. Amen? That's yours and mine this morning. Um, 
Notice what he says, that the, the person of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. That means that everything that you have need of in your life, it's at your disposal. Come on, to do whatever God's called you to do, to be whatever God's called you to be. Isn't that amazing? So the truth is that that God loves you. That's the truth. Romans 5, 8, and 9, you, you, you need to write that on the table of your heart. You need to write that out on a post-it and, and, and stick it on your mirror where you can see it as you're driving down the road. Stick it on your when you're shaving in your bathroom mirror. Because while I was yet a sinner, verse 8, while I was yet a sinner, Christ died for me. God demonstrated His love for me that Christ died for me. And, and, and then he brought me into that place in that fifth chapter of where I could, I could be a vessel of the Holy Ghost and I could have the love of God in verse five going over and over in my life. You could have that Holy Spirit bringing the love of God. That's how you're furnished through all good works. Amen. But so you got to have the truth, but you got to have it with love. See, the Old Testament is the truth, but Jesus is the love. That makes the Old Testament what? Not just a letter that kills us, but it makes it a word alive that brings you alive. Amen? So this morning, I want to close with this strange thought. This just come to me, but right now, there is so many things that look like the truth. They look good. They sound good. But you and I, we've got to take it back to that Holy Spirit that leads in us to show us the truth. Because things ain't always the way they seem. And when when we, if we're not careful, if we see something a certain way, we can get so attuned to what we're seeing that that will take us away from what God has for us and take us away from God's best. And so just in a, just a funny thought, I'll close with this thought. In 1975 in uh, France, Charlie Chaplin was there and he happened to be going, walking down the street. And as he was walking down the street, he didn't realize what they was having, but over in that town square, they were, they were having a uh, lookalike contest for him. And so, uh, they didn't know he was in France. He didn't know they was having this contest. It would just happen to be this, this, this situation. And so he thought how neat it would be. He said, I'm going to go. And I'm going to sign my name and I'm going to stand before uh, this crowd with all these other lookalikes and just to see uh, uh, how quick it takes them to say, hey, that's really Charlie Chaplin. And now we're talking about being able to see the truth, okay? Focusing on what's real and what's not. And so uh, he did that and they lined them up there. They had uh, uh, several contestants. But when it was all said and done, he come out number three. Was that the truth? But yet this whole crowd that voted on this, most of them did not think, they, they thought two other people looked more like Charlie Chaplin than Charlie Chaplin. See, the devil wants to give people an idea of what Jesus looks like. But you've met him. You know him. And you can present Jesus in a way that other people can see him as the love of God. So there may be a whole crowd that's standing against what you know and believe. But the Bible says greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. And when the greater one is inside of you, there is not one thing that you can't do. Amen. It will work. So this morning, I want you to say, Lord, Lord, speak truth. 
swallow up everything in love. See, because your faith, my faith won't work unless we have love. Galatians 5, 6 tells us that. So this morning, would you let the love of God just come into your heart? And would you let him to help you love some people who are hurting? There's some people who are different than you and I. They're hurting. I knew when when I was lost and undone, I, I was hurting. And, 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 and I wondered about how I could get it took care of. But Don and I were talking about the whole time we went to school, there was only one person that said anything to us about Jesus. And this was in the 80s. Come on, people need to hear about Jesus. But this morning, will you let let the, the, the love of God come in your life to where you can look at somebody and they may be living in a place of confusion, a place of hurt or heartache that you and I have never experienced, but Jesus knows all about. Well, we can do what? Well, we can help them to come to truth. Amen. But at the same time, as you're willing to do that, then all of a sudden, because you have a, a heart for God's children, he's going to touch you this morning in some area that you need some truth in, some area that you need some love. The Bible says that love covers a multitude of, whoo, I need that this morning. I need him to cover up everything and to swallow up the defeat with the love that never fails. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for this wonderful group of people. I thank you for this time that we have had this morning together in the power of your word. You you uphold us with the word of your power. Father, I ask you right now that every hindering spirit, every lie, uh, every limitation, every bit of confusion, would be bound in the name of Jesus, that name above all other names. And I ask that you would touch each person here, starting right here with myself, and help us just to let all lies, all confusion, everything be swallowed up in the love of God. And let that love of God minister truth afresh and new to us like never before, Father. Let it be. Let us find a new found place of peace with compassion, but with motivation that will act on what we hear. Oh, we ask these things, Father, in the name of Jesus. Would you come this morning and make you an altar and say, Lord, here I am. I I just want to rest in your arms. I want to rest in your presence. I, I want to be able to hear what the Spirit is speaking to the church. I want to hear what the Spirit is speaking to me. And I want to receive a word this morning that will just strengthen me and make me look more like Jesus to a world that needs to see him desperately. Would you come this morning? Let us pray with you. Would you just spend some time with him? Just love him on this Father's Day. Maybe you didn't have a good example of, of an earthly father. Let God just reshape the way that you see the role of a father in Jesus' name.